fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to FGGBT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology. We make it a reality. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn, with me. The physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon. Dan, it is so great to be here, and it is so great to be taking some of my favorite technology, even if it's not always your favorite technology, <laughs> and turning it into a reality. Well, you know, we ha- it's it's the um, I the truce that we have, the yes. uh, unsettling alliance. What is that? No, the <laughs> we have a, 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 <laughs> unsettling alliance. We've got we have an understanding, Denon. Yes, we do. Um, we and, do. Uh, and I make you watch so much junk, uh, but I, I I expose you to some good things no, too. Quality but, art, uh, Dan. Quality art. I wouldn't call it junk. Yeah. Just remember, I'm not yeah. an artiste. Right. <laughs> well, I would. I think you. Are. I think for sure you're an artiste. Uh, but there's one man who can shift into artiste mode at the flip of a switch, and that is our enigmatic engineer, Ben Seepser. Ben, how are you doing up there on the brain station? You know, Dan. This week, I'm just so excited to leap into our new season. <laughs> who knows how big or small that leap could be? But together as the brain trust, I think we will have a huge impact on the future. <laughs> well, what a message of promise and hope for humanity. Uh, and that is where you and I differ. But this is our Valentine's Day. It's our season premiere slash Valentine's Day episode. If I've done my math correctly, and I'm sure that I haven't, this episode will be coming out on Valentine's Day. So we are going to talk at some point in the episode about the quantum power of love, which I believe were the original, that was the original title of the Huey Lewis song. Uh, the quantum power of love, love, love is what it think it was uh but that you know i dislike most 80s songs and i dislike my rendition of it but that was one you know back to the future time travel power of love that was a a big part of my childhood guys well i do remember dan back to the future i believe if it's not number one is really close to one of your favorite movies you know, it's funny you mention that, Denon. I was just thinking about that. I, w- I couldn't sleep the other night, and a lot of weird things rattle around in my head. We're not going to go into my psychosis now. That's not what this show is. But I will tell you, I was thinking about influential movies, and it's Pulp Fiction and Back to the Future are two, I think, perfect movies for what they do. I don't think yeah. there are... I don't think there's any other movie that does what they do better than what they do. Yeah, and and also, Dan, I just realized (laughs) I think that may be true, and Mm -hmm. I am thinking it could be a a fun podcast, The Fascinating World of Dan's Brain. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Yeah, we we want listeners and viewers. That's the key to success. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize that was the goal of the podcast. Okay, I thought that's what we were already doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that would it's kind of counterintuitive. But you know, that's my favorite. You know, what about you, Ben? What do you think about what do you think about love, Back to the Future, time travel, or your ability to do any of those things? Uh, Well, you know, I always think of you know the. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me, song. Right. Yes. <laughs> Which is, you know, maybe a different uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Different yeah. Different '80s song or '90s. 
Yeah. Well, I will. You know, it's funny. I'll tell you something else about me that's that's kind of messed up. Is I for some reason, and I'm sure that uh, any psychologist listening, if you could send me a message and give me a hand, I'd love it. I get earworms constantly. So mm. I wake when I wake up in the morning. There's a different song playing in my mm. head on a loop every morning. A different song, <laughs> and songs get stuck in there. So that baby don't hurt that Hathaway song. Is yeah. the he's the guy, baby, don't hurt me. That song, because it's so repetitive, is one mm-hmm. of those things that will get into my head and would drive a a lesser man insane. Yeah. I'm somehow able to manage it, but um, yeah, but the, but time loops, repeating songs, that's going to be a theme of today's episode <laughs> <laughs> as we talk about quantum leap. And this is great. So, Denon, you recommended this. This is a show that I've always wanted to do. I didn't really get into the original series. But from what I can understand, this this show, that original series, was really like a, a cult science fiction, uh, you know, a cult favorite, really, a fan favorite for sure, because it did things that other shows weren't doing, but it didn't have that appeal to the masses. Uh, but I think there was some really good science there, Dan, and great stories, great ideas. I totally agree with you, Dan. Um, and w- the one I think I really loved about it as a science fiction show, I mean, I loved it. I watched it. Um and because of its design, there wasn't like the single classic science fiction enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Star Trek yeah. did this a little bit, right? Star Trek, the original, was like, you had some Klingons out there, you had some empires, but the whole conceit of the show was you're going to explore, right? The planets you've never yeah, seen. Right. So you mm-hmm. could just make a new episode. Um, and in principle, mm-hmm. it could have gone on for years. It didn't, yeah, but it could sure. have. <laughs> could have, yeah. And then, of course, you get all the spinoffs. Yeah, I was going to say, iterations of it have gone on for what exactly. seemed like forever. Forever. Um, Quantum mm-hmm. Leap had that same cool conceit, which is he's going to leap to different people. The stories don't have to be connected. And I think a lot of serial shows run into trouble when they try to have too much of an over-overarching story. Because once you resolve it, you run out of things, right? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And and so I think both I, – I would love, you know, your analysis as the master of film and television someday as to what messes up most shows. And in the theme of today, I suspect it's when the main characters fall in love. I, I mm. <laughs> you know me so well, Dennis. You know? <laughs> and, and I think this is one place I would yeah. agree with you 100%. There's nothing that ruins a good crime show like a love relationship. And Quantum mm. Leap as a great science fiction show – avoided that because the dude's stuck in the past and keeps moving around. He can't actually fall. Well, he is in love. He's trying to get back to his wife, but he can't fall in love with anyone else. And you can't ever have that relationship. Yeah. Well, mm. he falls in love with her in episode one. So if that says anything about Oh, no, I'm talking about know. the original show, Dan. That was the <laughs> oh, cult oh, oh, classic. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought the new yeah. one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, look, I mean, that's why the X-Files was able to do such a great job. They held that sexual tension off, you know, for so long mm. in the, in yep. that in that show. And I think once, yeah, of course it ruins it. But we'll get into that <laughs> inside Dan's brain. We'll talk about that uh, at detail, <laughs> ad nauseum, maybe even, Dan. Uh, but not today. But I will tell you, uh, you know, and Ben, I think you'll appreciate this part. Um, I As a master of film and television, I'm always watching crazy stuff. I just watched the movie The Crow, which I'd never seen before. I didn't see it when it came out. Um, oh, wow. For the record, it doesn't particularly hold up, but it is a, definitely a 90s fever dream. Why am I telling you this? Uh, because um, uh, Ernie Hudson, a.k.a. Winston Zedmore, is in The Crow, 
And he's also a main character in one of, in the new Quantum Leap TV show. So yeah. I just love seeing Ernie Hudson. You know, he was a very underappreciated character in Ghostbusters, of course, because yeah. he was surrounded by just, you know, uh, perennial talent. Um, and he was overshadowed. And I think unjustly so. I do like him. So, Ben, I imagine, you know, you being a man, a man of nostalgia as well, I do love that. Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I'd, <laughs> I, you can was, say no. You can say you hate Ernie Hudson. You know, honestly, the weird thing family. for me is whenever there's a show where the character's named Ben, and it's always just weird to keep hearing them say my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this true. is going to be a really hard episode, yeah. Ben, because you won't know whether we're asking you to comment or we're talking on the guy we're repeat. talking about. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should yeah. always say Ben's song. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I liked the show, and I really liked that they brought back – what I liked about it is that the, it's both nostalgic and new because they're they're, they're it's, in a way it's a remake of the show but they're also continuing the timeline the act the activities of the original show from the 80s happened in this universe and the, and now they've like revived the project in the future i really like this um this method of like bringing back these old concepts without you know just trampling over or not even I actually I don't have a problem with trampling over the old material. It's more that I like that they've included it as a way to spice up the new story. Do you say trampling or tra or trampoline? Trampoline, like like an elephant <laughs> is step doing. on. Okay, <laughs> I thought you meant you know using yeah. a, a machine to mechanically leap over things. Uh, I wasn't sure where you were going. I mean, with that. that would work too. This, this show, but uh. it works too because that is leaping. That is you know yeah. using a device to help you leap through the air. And uh, this show is about leaping through time. It is called Quantum Leap. And this is the you know the conceit of the show here, gentlemen. Is there's a man of Sam in the first one, Ben uh, Song in the <laughs> in the remake, and essentially what's happening is throughout space and time, his consciousness is being shuttled around to other people's bodies and he has to do something. He has to quote unquote fix, really alter that timeline by being that person, changing whatever the supercomputer wants to be changed. And then once that happens, boom, he's off to inhabit someone else's body. Uh, kind of a, ver a very strange concept for a show when you think about actually having to do that. But obviously mm -hmm. the first question is if his mind is going into someone else's body, where's that person's mind going? And, you know, I want to go with you first, uh, Denon. Um, but I think, you know, obviously it's a brain question. So we got to get to Ben Seepser as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think it's an interesting question because it really asks what is a person's mind, right? Because mm -hmm. their brain is clearly still there, Dan. Um, Right, and it's not. Is it? We're, we yeah. never see. We never see them crack open their heads. Crack That's open their true. We up. don't see, see the, the brain goo inside. <laughs> right, but right, but we we can presume that the brain is not leaping around and being displaced. That's, oh, it's fair. Okay, right. that's fair. That's our next episode. That's right. our that's next episode. <laughs> that's the zo no. That's in Halloween time, Dan. That's the zombie episode. <laughs> zombie episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fair enough. Right, but so mm. for me, this is actually the one place where it's shockingly easy, just because. I think of, I'm one of those people who think of consciousness as separate from the brain and using the brain. So for okay. me, there is this consciousness that can leap around. Um, and it, I love the word quantum. For me, the consciousness is probably connected to quantum structures. And so you have a quantum 
leap from that point of view of the conscious brain moving around. Um, but where the other brain goes and how it gets back is a little trickier. Um, I, I guess th- mind versus brain is probably what we should say yes. to be confusing. Yes. The brain is the physical organ, which is mm. not flying around through time. No. Uh, the mind, uh, what the brain produces, uh, well, maybe that's up for grabs, but you know, in general terms, what the, the mind is the concept of our personality, that is what's leaping around through time. Yes. And so I started thinking about the brain as the monitor on your computer, and the mind is what's plugging into it and using that monitor. And okay. so, so in this case, the mind of Ben, I was going to say Ben S, but that doesn't really help us here. Any. Doesn't no, help either. Sure doesn't. No, no, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the mind of Ben Song kind of comes in, unplugs the other mind from the, you know, the monitor and then plugs himself in. It's sort of how I'm envisioning it in my brain and in my mind. Yeah. Mm. And Ben Seepser, you probably do something similar where you plug in and out of your mind, consciousness, brain and whatever your interface is. Oh, absolutely. You know, you got to shut down at night to, uh, you know, safely, <laughs> you <have> safely to. <laughs> safe the system. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because I'm of I'm more of the thought that, you know, your brain is your consciousness. And one, I'm, it's not even also clear to me is is Ben's body still in the present? And like, is he just lying hmm. there lifeless somewhere? Um, more, more for a Halloween episode, I think. Yeah. Because, uh, hmm. like, but they like show him, like, kind of disapparate. I don't know. Anyway, not yeah. important. Uh, not at but, all. But I, I think what's interesting is I, I see it more as um, we know two things are true. One, the person. When when the when Ben saw when actually when any leaper leaps out, the person doesn't remember the time when they were leaped into. So it kind of seems like it's a full override of the brain from an external source. So in my mind, it's this quantum something or other (laughs) where it's a quantum effect where Mm -hmm. Ben's consciousness has taken Ben Song's consciousness has taken over all of the connections between the brain and the rest of the body and he's and he's essentially puppeting this person and going through whatever they would do and then when he leaps out now they have this horrible amnesia and somehow everything's still okay even though they don't remember what they just did for the past day or so And their life is completely right. changed. And their life has completely been changed and altered. Borderline yeah. unrecognizable from when they, yeah. when they were lost consciousness. Uh, that'd be very unsettling, I think, so. I think, would be a very unsettling feeling. But this is, this is interesting because one of the other effects of leaping in this show, which I found to be kind of puzzling, was that Ben Song, after he goes and does start, starts this whole quantum leap process, he mm. forgets everything. So he doesn't remember any of the people. He doesn't remember any of the connections. And that's kind of strange because he still then has to take his mind. Like, mm-hmm. what has he forgotten, right? Like, wh- what's left? Where did it go? Why is it gone? And then that, you know, pared down mind mm-hmm. now has to jump around and try to fix everything. Uh, that I think it's a strange concept. Why would he forget? Is that part of this process? Is transferring your consciousness around? Um, does it have an effect on what you can actually remember? Or is there a limited amount of space? What's happening here, Denon? 
You know, actually, this is something I hadn't. I'm, I'm going to go in a completely different direction than I originally planned. Because once a Ben, once a Ben, once a Ben said something. Okay. Once again, <laughs> once a Ben, ben once a Ben said always something, a Ben. Yeah, and that would be our yeah. Ben, not Ben Song. That mm-hmm. actually triggered an interesting yeah. idea for me. Ben Seeps, and that yeah. is, we have to keep in mind fundamentally, quantum effects are about waves, and our, our and waves describe our brain and our activity as well as our mind. So think about wave interference. We've mm-hmm. talked about it a lot. And the best analogy I could come up with on the spur okay. of the moment is, you know, think about trying to tune in a radio station, right? All of all of the signals are there for the different stations. And you can go from like one station, you can be in a weird state where you get a little bit of one station, a little bit of another, and they interfere, and then you lock in on the final yeah. station. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a little bit of that going on. You have Ben Song's brainwaves competing with the person's brainwaves, right? And during during the okay. initial ones, as yep. he's fine tuning, the interference is such that only part of his waves are being received, mm. and that's why he doesn't remember okay. stuff. Hmm. Okay, and while he's being received strongly, it's basically like you've disconnected. Though that other radio wave is suppressed, it's like a you know destructive interference for just that time. The waves are still there; they're just not mm-hmm. coming through. And so when he leaves and you pop back up. It was just like, you know, you weren't there for that brief period of time, but you were. Your waves were there, just not being received. So that may have been totally confusing, Dan, but you're a radio now. No. No, I love that. That makes sense. I like that. I'm also curious, and maybe this is, I haven't watched the whole show yet, so I don't know if uh, this is completely negated by the actual plot, but (laughs) part part of the reason he went back is to, like, do make some changes in the future. So I'm also curious if perhaps he knowingly blocked some memories from getting to him because a la Avengers uh, Endgame and uh, I forget what the other one, all of the last two Avengers movies, you know, Doctor Strange can't tell them what to do because otherwise they'll screw it up. I'm curious if there's also some effect of he's in he, his present self intentionally withhold, withheld information from the leaping self because if he knew those things, he would mess up what he's trying to do. Now, if I could just, well, I'm going to boil that down to for people who don't understand it. Basically, whoever knew it blew it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like if you know it, you're going to blow yeah. it. Right. Exactly, Dan. Okay? Right. And I'm glad we're moving backwards in time to a grade school. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it works. It, does. it works. It, it works perfectly, Dan. Um, no, no, but I think this is, I think there is some of that there, Ben. There is some in the plot where he, he did want to not know some things so that he yeah. wouldn't mess them up. And and I think that goes to, my radio analogy still comes in well. He yeah. was trying to fine tune not having certain information, Dan, and he just over adjusted mm-hmm. and he didn't have any information. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he, he needed more, yes. more of the song. Yeah. yeah, Ben needed more of the song on the radio. Yeah. Uh, I think that I really like the way that kind of describes it. And I think, you know, so he's running with a limited capacity. But what's interesting about the first, I think the the, the first series was that Sam, the guy who was doing the leaping, mm-hmm. he had six doctoral degrees. He was a black belt. He had a photographic memory, near virtuo- virtuistic uh, musical talent, virtuosic. Yeah, sure. Anyway, he was a, vir- he was a virtuoso, basically. He was really, in, really in good, Dan. <laughs> 
really, really good. But I like that idea that with all he had to have all of these different talents. In some ways, he had to be, uh, you know, a remarkable actor to go in seamlessly become someone else for a period, although he did feel very bumbling at times. Right. Uh, But that's a great idea because you have to you've got a mission. You've got a very limited amount of time to do it. You have very specific things you have to do to adjust the timeline. And you're not 100 percent sure what to do. You know, there's uh, holograms that come back and try to guide using probability and statistics. And like, here's what happens because you did X, Y and Z. But you kind of don't have a lot to go on. And that becomes very tricky, I think, as we move into the time travel effects, because if you have a mission, you know, you have to change time. There are gigantic stakes at, you know, uh, there's gigantic stakes at stake. That's a horrible way to say that. But there's (laughs) there are stakes involved here. And if you screw it up, you know, you can blow it. Well, Dan, I just have to say in that regard, one episode I didn't make you watch that I think actually in retrospect would have been I would have liked you might have (laughs) appreciated. No, in terms of the expertise, there's one he jumps into the body Mm -hmm. of a boxer. Right. Okay. That he has to actually mm-hmm. win the fight that the boxer loses. Yes. Okay. And he's yeah. never boxed in his life. Right. Okay. And it shows. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of clever, well, besides the hologram teaching him how to box, she realizes I'm going to get it wrong. Like the boxer's right handed and he's left handed or the other way around. Mm. And the opponent mm-hmm. knows this. And in the actual fight, they take advantage of the fact that he's actually better with the wrong hand. Okay. And that throws the guy he's fighting because his strategy is all based on him being right or left-handed. Um, yeah. So, so there's a clever twist on that. And that's not silly at all because yeah. it is like right-handed versus left-handed is one of the most, the biggest advantages you can have in sports. Oh, yeah. Especially with boxing, with throwing in baseball, yeah. you know, hitting in baseball. Uh, I remember when I was playing basketball a lot in high school, there was this guy who he was left-handed and I didn't know it. And he was short. I mean, I was 6'4 and he was 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, right. And I remember he pulled up a shot on me and I was going to just block this thing into, you know, next week. And he pulled up with his left hand and my hand, you know, my my right hand sailed harmlessly over his head and his shot sailed beautifully right into the basket. Oh, yeah. So it was a huge advantage, Dennis. That's why I said yeah. I think you would love the episode. It was a clever take on he actually had no skill at boxing, but he used the wrong hand and he won. <laughs> or the right hand. Or the right hand. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that reminds me also of the one he, he also leaps into a chef and he has knife skills all of a sudden. So it's it's this really interesting thing that to some degree – the muscle memory is mm-hmm. present for the leaper, but the actual memory is not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. And we've talked about that in other episodes about how muscle memory works if you forget or how does it, you know, how does your brain tie it into that? Mm-hmm. And that is interesting because your muscle memory is there and mm-hmm. it's just basically someone else controlling what you can do. It'd be like if mm-hmm. I, you know, if I leapt into LeBron James's body, I'd have his ability, uh, but my personality. So I think yeah. <laughs> that, that would be interesting. What we're now, Dan, this shows. <laughs> so what this yeah. conversation goes to show is how important small things in time can be. Because you would ask me a question about ripples in time, and you would think we'd be discussing that right now, and we're not. You would think <laughs> you so. Would think, well, no, not at right? all. Because time so. went down a completely different direction. If you do not want that to happen to you, I recommend getting fascinating gadgets and gizmos merchandise because it never goes the wrong direction on you, (laughs) right? When you have a mug from fgbd.com slash merch, maybe, is that where it is, Dan? That's right. Right? That's right. You got it. You get a mug. You do not get a conversation about right and left-handed boxers. It is is a very (laughs) safe direction to go. You don't get a mug. (laughs) 
You still got to order it. And, oh, yeah, you know, we that's still, true. We need that cash. You don't no, just get it by going to the website. There are still actions but. and steps. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it, and that mug will contain all the ripples that you create in your own little min, mini world. Yes. You can even pretend that that's your little mini world and you've put ripples And it. if you put liquid uh, in it, you really can make ripples in it. <laughs> That, yeah, that was. I guess I didn't say that, but that's what I was implying. Is that it is a mug. Put water, coffee, tea. Uh, ben, you know what you like to put in there. You know, Dan, I, and I think it's also important. You know, whether you're, you know, obviously, if you quantum leap into the past, you're not going to be able to bring the clothes you have with you. But right, if you did quantum leap to someone in the past, hopefully, they'd somehow magically have one of our beautiful fascinating gadgets, Gizmos Gear Based Technology T-shirts, because then you could be styling while you're leaping. Uh, so for all those future travelers, uh, you know, come back to uh, someone wearing one of these shirts. And I will tell you that yours is the top seller right now. Ben. Uh, you got a hot, the hot t-shirt there, ftriplegbt.com forward slash merch. But last but not least, if you are leaping around, the analytical mastermind shirt might be for you if you have my face. Because if I'm quantum leaping around, I want to know who I am. And my face is right on the cover in this beautifully designed. I don't know who designed these shirts, but they are a virtuistic genius. Uh, ftriplegbt.com forward slash merch is the place to get that. But this, you know, this is a perfect segue there, Denon, because you mentioned that if we had talked about something else, our conversation would have gone in a completely different direction, right? right? But it's these little things. You said Ben said something that reminded you of something else that made you think of X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, we've done absolutely nothing that we've practiced so far. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. But what it does show us are these little ins seemingly insignificant events that occur throughout our life that really shape and form it. You know, if you apply chaos theory, you can see how, you know, if, if let's say you're supposed to meet your partner at the gym, right? But your shoelace broke and you've been delayed 30 seconds. Well, maybe you've completely missed that person. And now your life turns out completely different having not met them. You know, uh, this is an extreme example, but an example nonetheless. And I think it, these small little factors are really important. And so when you go, you know, trampling around, trampolining around, traipsing <laughs> around, whatever you're doing in the past, you're interrupting. If you're not doing what happened before, all of a sudden you're interrupting an entire ecosystem of possibilities. And we have to be very careful, Denon, if we're going to go back what are we doing that accidentally affects the future? Well, you know, Dan, that, and that is one of the interesting things about time travel movies across the spectrum is they all mm -hmm. postulate different impacts of going back, right? Right. Mm -hmm. All the way yeah, yeah. from, you know, totally destroying everything to having, you know, like the back to the future, your siblings start to disappear. And mm -hmm. in some cases, how though, cool would that be, by the way? I know. You know well, cool. <laughs> I, I actually like my siblings right now, but there were moments in time yeah. that would have been very cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. You pick and choose whether they just disappear. And, That'd be pretty and cool. your future becomes other people's past. So that's a weird interlinking. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then, mm -hmm. but you also have ones, we've talked about this. I, I just recommend people go through our vast library of time travel. You can get time loops mm -hmm. where you never seem to get out of it. Right? Yeah, right, and you just keep going around and around. So what happens and what your ripples cause are a fascinating wide range of things, Dan. So it's not just one possibility here. There's a lot of ways this can go wrong or right. It could be very dangerous. Well, you know, it's funny. I just re recently got back into uh, choose your own adventure books. So when I was a kid, they had what was called fighting fantasy, and you basically take the role of someone, and you you know you go through. Uh, and I, I just played 
a book that I'd play, you know, went through numerous times as a kid. Uh, I died three times. I can't even get through the book now. And then I tried a new one and I ran out of gas. I was a freeway warrior. I ran out of gas like five paragraphs in. So th this is crazy. But my knowledge of what I did before, you think it would be helpful and I would get through these books. But this is kind of how time can work. You know, sometimes you run into a dead end. You go to one chapter, you try to do something new and it fails, blows up miserably in your face. Uh, this is dangerous. But Ben, I imagine... You know, mm -hmm. you uh, you seem like a choose your own adventure guy. This is a safe way to kind of go through quantum possibilities in the future without having to actually change your life. Yeah, well, and it's especially safe if you you know keep marks of all the, your your choices so you can go back. <laughs> Touch that. Yeah. Okay. You know, you, know, you, you know, you're not sure. You so you read both. You know. Yeah. I, I love. I, oh, I, you cheat. Yeah, I you see. cheat. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, an, that's I, a foreign concept to me. You I may call it cheating. I call it fully exploring the <laughs> probability tree of the uh, of the adventure. Uh, sure. Uh, and right. and I think that that's an interesting thing because if we think about you know the quantum possibilities, I like this idea that you can um, explore all the different options. Um, it. it you know, in the book, they're all, they are created, they exist. And that's an interesting way to look at the uh, at time where you have these branching decisions. And here it is laid out for you beautifully in these books. Well, and I think what's interesting about that concept of time, you know, as you mentioned, Dan, and there are many ways to view this, right? We've talked about uh, the, the block theory where everything kind of is always existing. So if someone goes back in time, they've always gone back in time, right? Right. Uh, there was mm -hmm. one, and I'm, I'm going to admit, I've talked about the John Teeter effect on this show. Now, it was a hoax. I, I, I'm aware of that. But <laughs> it was interesting because the concepts made sense. And a lot of it made sense to me in that when we make decisions, we create alternate like quantum timeline futures, right. okay? And if you're in the future and you go back, it's easy, but you can never go to the future because you've changed something, created a new timeline. You can never really go home, which is really sad. Uh, now, I think this might be very close to how things work in that there are many quantum possibilities. But I think that some of those, you know, kind of like in our Loki episode where they're <laughs> shredded off, like some of the more probably the, the higher probability timelines exist, but the extremely low chance probability timelines completely fizzle and evaporate, you know, like so much Black Hawking's radiation. <laughs> Let's say, uh, so I, I, this is where I stand. But so, so Denon, with all of this in the quantum leap world, how do you think time works? Because that's really key here, right? So there's two things. What you described is described, I think, very well by the river analogy of time. And okay. you have a river flowing, and time keeps getting created. And if you go back and create ripples, some of the ripples get damped out and don't exist. Some of the ripples grow big and cause problems, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe, as, as Ben has mentioned in the past, there's a storm, an entire bank club falls in. Or maybe mm -hmm. my favorite animals, the otters, start sliding off the banks <laughs> and doing some interesting things. <laughs> or beavers uh -huh. move in and start damming well, it up. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't yeah. forget nature's engineer, the beaver. Right, who, yeah. <laughs> who, yes. who fundamentally altered mm -hmm. the entire landscape okay. of this right. continent. And, and totally yeah. totally block time, as it were. But mm -hmm. yeah. there is and an also one other thing here, yes, one of my can. favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes here, Denon, is that the forests of the world were created by forgetful squirrels. So every animal is affecting the landscape in various different ways. They a are. simple memory, one forgetting a walnut creates a tree, you know, in um, Brooklyn or whatever that. Exactly. Is. Anyway, go on, Denon, before I lose my train of thought. No, 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 that's fine. So the, if we go back, you mentioned that the block theory of time, if we think of time as already existing, I think what Quantum Leap is doing 
is treating time as a bottle of champagne, right? So we're very familiar with champagne, right? And it's in bottles. And you think of moving along the bottle from the bottom to the top. That's time. That's moving through time. And though we know space is three-dimensional, let's imagine it's two-dimensional for a moment. If you sit at a particular point in the bottle and move sideways around the bottle, that's space. So that's why I love the champagne bottle. It's space and time all in one lovely package. Mm -hmm. Now, we know... A key part of champagne. It's not champagne if it doesn't have bubbles, Dan. Um, you know. Well, it's also, I don't want to be this guy, but it's not champagne if it's not from the champagne region of France as well. well it's just sparkling well, wine. That is just, you, know? you, you are right. And actually, I remember yeah. that Boo. being hit, hit very right hard. Yeah. My first ever champagne tour, that's where I learned that in California. <laughs> it was not actually in France that I learned it, ironically. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. France is beautiful. It is. So, so you've got this champagne bottle and bubbles do occur. And if you think about the bubbles in a champagne bottle, you know they can grow, they can float through the bubble, they can mess up things later on, um, mm-hmm. or be good later on, I don't know. But that's what these sort of quantum leap little spaces are. Something's happened in time, a bubble mm-hmm. has started growing, and it actually doesn't affect the rest of the champagne unless it gets big enough or floats mm-hmm. through the bottle. And so okay. Ben Song is jumping to these bubbles and basically popping them before they can cause problems. So locally, oh, you know about it, and it's messing up the champagne that is time. But once it's gone, we're all safe. In the concept of the timeline, though, I, I assume he's more like shrinking them so they're reabsorbed, right? Not actually, you know, Not popping ben, them like a balloon. Technical difficulties there, right? <laughs> that, that's the engineer. Okay. Shrinking and gone or popping, physically, it's the same thing. Bubble gone. Yeah. <laughs> Bubble gone. Because the goal, you know, a messed up universe is champagne. A perfect universe is wine. And that's what we're going for, That's what we're going for, yep. Smooth it out, no wine. The world wants to be wine. Well, we want Mm -hmm. wine and the world is trying to make champagne on us. (laughs) That is, and that's what we're always fighting against. Uh, And and that's beautiful because, and he's quantumly attracted to these bubbles and his job is to pop them. He's the universe's pin. uh, And that's kind of what's going on here. I think that that is a great way to describe Quantum Leap. uh, But we made a promise early on here, gentlemen, that we would talk about, this is our Valentine's Day episode, right? There's nothing more romantic than talking about a man leaping around from body to body. Uh, But we're going to talk about love as quantum entanglement. Now, Denon, this is a concept, you old softy, that you came up with. You sold me on this for this show. And this is great because it's kind of like the science of romance, you know. And in this, Ben Song, in a very romantic way, describes his love for Addison as you know, love quantum entanglement, when two particles become so close that they experience a shared state, they no longer exist as separate entities. And that is even true when separated by great distances. Uh, Is this what love is? Is this just a beautiful sentiment spoken by, um, I mean, just a nerdy scientific way (laughs) to express one's feelings? Or is there some validity to this, Dennett? Well, Dan, there is validity. I'll get to that in a moment. I know it's not considered best practice to point out how smart you are. Um, yeah. but as oh, a that's team, great practice. That's, no. that's protocol. <laughs> oh, is that protocol? That's I protocol. would like to point out to the audience that through the perfect combination of random events, suddenly mm-hmm. not answering your questions, then answering your questions, maybe stepping on a spider, um, we have this brilliant segue where we talked about champagne, the core of love, the most romantic thing, right? Usually, how often you know is an engagement ring hidden in a glass of champagne, right? Like that is... 
uh, you know, and makes the, lots of bubbles. So the liquid of love, who could say? The liquid of love. So yeah. we, were, we were already into love, Dan, in our Valentine's mm-hmm. episode before we got here. Look at that. We were we were always <laughs> swimming in it, Dan. We were, always, we were swimming around in it. But this is an interesting concept. I mean, is this phony baloney stuff that's just designed uh, to help his relationship along, or is there something to this? Well, you know, I think there is at the core, but there's a great physics question here that he brings up, right? Quantum entanglement we know is real, so that's a good start. Particles, we've done it now experimentally for particles. We think about it. We have a lot of theories about it. The challenge is, can you do it at a macroscopic level? Because obviously we are not like small little individual particles. We're like large Mm -hmm. beings. Um, I think there's some hope here in the Mm -hmm. following sense. We okay. do know of other examples of macroscopic quantum effects, and it's superconductors and superfluids. So if you haven't yet watched our brilliant episode um, on Ant-Man and the quantum realm, um, that would be a good primer. I would recommend stopping now, go and watch that, <laughs> because I give an excellent explanation of quantum entanglement in that episode. Okay. Right. And, and you can really see that it can happen macroscopically. And that's the first step, Dan, is to know that it's possible. Okay. That's possible. So you just lock a couple of people in a room um, for long enough and you have quantum entanglement. And Ben, I imagine, <laughs> you know, this is probably true. Have you ever locked yourself in a room with someone in an attempt to get uh, yourself quantum entangled to them? <laughs> You know, I, I can't say I've done that, uh, Dan. Uh, no, you can't. You, I, yeah, I, no, legally, sure you can't I, say that you've done that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can't say that. Uh, you know, uh, unless it happened while I was leapt into. You right. Know, you know, you know right. I'm missing some time here and there. You know, for all I know, uh, you know, I am important to the universe, and therefore I've been leapt into, and I'm missing a day here and there because yeah. I did something. Yeah, it happens. But other than that, you don't know, and it's not, your, you know, not in your control. But but I am curious, Doctor Den. You know, the, the generally speaking, quantum entanglement is hard to achieve. So I'm curious: is this something that c- can easily happen naturally, or is it that maybe we're already entangled with somebody, uh, for, and we just have to find them? Yeah, well, that's a great question, and and I think Ben clearly Ben Song that is clearly puts mm-hmm. out the idea that you become entangled now when you're close enough to someone, which it, you know is a hopeful thing. It creates the possibility there's that lots of people you could fall in love with if you got close enough to and got entangled. I think that's to me the harder way to do this because it's not just putting two particles together that makes them entangled. It's often you have to create them as entangled. So we have to think about all the electrons and protons and stuff in our brain um, and what they were created with. And they were all made way, way, way back in time. And perhaps at that point, the electrons were entangled with other electrons. You now have the problem of how do you stay entangled? We can deal with that separately. But I do think of the two possibilities, I'm definitely of the, um, I'm going to have to disagree with Ben Song slightly. We were entangled, you know, at the moment of the creation of our electrons. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this then. So is it possible? You know, we are stardust, right? We are merely yeah. the, the dust and creation of long dead stars. <laughs> is it possible that some particles were quantum entangled, were separated by a great distance. Some of those electrons, you know, protons, whatever, are in my brain, in my body. Some of them are in a high enough percentage are in someone else that I feel a connection to them. I mean, is this too far afield in the science fiction world? Um, Probably, but I'm going to go with it and believe it anyway, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a possibility. It's a possibility. I mean, I think the interesting thing is how understanding better 
what it would take to stay entangled for so long with other okay. interactions going on. And that's the part that we really just don't understand very well right now is what exactly makes that transition from quantum behavior, quantum entanglement to macroscopic, you're not entangled and you're just a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's also important to, th to think about the, uh, you know, first of all, Dan, it's not just dying stars, it's gloriously exploded supernovas. <laughs> because the only way to get uh, higher elements Fair is uh, glorious supernovas. Right. But I think That's also, true. you know, you talk about them being far afield. I mean, they're far afield on the Earth. But the Earth is a is a tiny, minuscule speck of the universe, and if you think about where how the matter of a supernova would coalesce back into a star, we're, we're probably, I mean, we are probably the product of multiple supernova, but we're probably from the same ish part of those supernovas, uh, because <laughs> the matter would coalesce, the matter that blew up um, would probably collapse that was close when it blew up would probably collapse and remain close when it then goes on to form planets and other stuff. Okay, I like that idea. That sounds like a very roundabout way to say that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's a roundabout way to say that while the, the universe, I'm sure, has mixed a lot of matter all over the place, I would bet there's also a lot of local, local um, relations between matter in the universe as well. I just like to translate that for our audience. Ben is once again reiterating that I am correct. Yes. And, and beyond that, Dan, um, in the spirit of both Valentine's Day and time, what intrigues me is there can be entanglement maybe across time, oh, ooh, um, which, which may, may explain, uh, this is just a whole nother episode, this mm -hmm. may explain some of the past life things. Maybe you're not actually mm. understanding your past life. Maybe you're experiencing a past life you're entangled with, and it's not actually you. I mean, well, I mean, it could also just be, I mean, our matter gets recycled. It could just be, yes. those are the, the atoms that you are now. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that is a whole another quantum world, another quantum episode. Uh, and that I is think that, that oh, go ahead, Ben, please. And I that. mean, I think that clearly explains my affinity for dinosaurs. Clearly, right. I, uh, you know, I, I w we all once were dinosaur bits. But I think I must have a more complete portion of a dinosaur. In me. <laughs> you're, you're basically reptilian, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> you're part reptile. Well, or Asian, but yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, but this is interesting because you know I think people, you know, guys, we want to, this idea of emotion and love to be this undeniable, inevitable thing. And in some ways, we are saying that, but we're also saying that it's science. This is electrochemical things in our brain. Um, that's kind of what's happening here, right? No, definitely, Dan. I mean, look, we all know two things, um, right? There is no such thing as man-made. It's all nature because we're part of nature. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just have to sneak that in almost as much as I sneak in foams just yes. for consistency's sake. Mm -hmm. um, but, but also, you know, the brain is fundamentally chemistry. Love is chemical. We, we, we've done a whole episode on love potions, right, and the chemistry mm -hmm. of love. And chemistry is quantum. So it all kind of comes together there, Dan, that it may not be exactly how Ben's song describes it, but that's okay because that was poetry. That was the poetry of science. It doesn't have to be exact. But the equations are all quantum, and we're good. Yeah, Shakespeare wasn't an engineer is basically what no. I'm saying. Uh, and, and look, I heard this beautifully said you know, from a scientific standpoint that the chemical processes in the brain are a myriad of interactions between quantum-level particles. So all of our emotions, everything is quantum. Love is quantum. 
so we are quantumly entangled, or we can be. So it is possible, although not exactly how it exists in this show. But there are lots of things that we say that didn't exist in this show, and they're going <laughs> to exist here in our errors, additions, and omissions section. Things we wanted to talk about, but we didn't quite get to. Denon, is there anything about qu- quantum entanglement, love, your past, stepping on a spider, or quantum leap that you wanted to discuss? Well, you know, Ben alluded to it. Um, our Ben, not Ben Song. Um, mm-hmm. I really love this show, Dan. I think from it's a very, very clever way to do time travel and not worry about some of the inconsistencies, particularly once you realize the champagne and bubble model, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. bubbles solve everything. But there is one thing that very, very much um, disturbs me, bugs me, um, I'm worried about. Where is his body? Um, the body is a problem. Um, It becomes an even bigger problem in season two. Ben hasn't watched it yet, so I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, But the mystery of his body um, is ignored, unexplained, and leaves me with some concern. Interesting. Okay. Mm. The the mystery of his body. We're going to leave you with that. Uh, what about you, Ben Seepser? Uh, is there anything about the mystery of your body you'd like to discuss right now? Well, I mean, I think there there's it's the mystery of body in general. You know, we've talked about this quantum entanglement, but we all know that the true, uh, the true mark of the brain is the gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. And there is some research that when coupling, you know, gut bacteria maybe normalizes, but also just maybe integrates and interacts with each other and so perhaps the true entanglement is in our microbiomes <laughs> oh interesting so our intestines are actually what's attracting us to each other not our brains exactly right yeah. your, <laughs> your bacteria loves my bacteria uh what a sweet little sentiment ben Sweet, sweet sentiment seeps her. That's what we're going to start calling you. Uh, I've got a couple things here that I've got a couple things here that I thought of. You know, I, I was watching one episode and I realized they tried to blow things up with plastic explosives. And I have no idea how plastic explosives works. We're not going to d- dedicate a show to it. I can probably just do a web search. But that's what popped into my head. Uh, there's a guy named Ramirez who tries to. He thinks he thinks that time travel th- poses a threat to humanity, and he tries to stop this whole thing. Uh, he's positioned as a bad guy, but why is it that I like him so much? Why is he not the hero uh, of this show? I don't understand that. He's exactly right. And there's lots of hyperbole about time travel and paradoxes that they'll kill everything. You know, at one point, you know, uh, Oppenheimer believed that the um, or other scientists at that time believed that detonating a nuclear bomb was going to ignite the atmosphere. It didn't, and we still did it. And that is humanity for you. Uh, but here's more humanity for you. Uh, if you want to get if you want to get in touch with the show, talk to this humanity. Uh, you can get in touch with the show easily on social media. We are on X, formerly Twitter at FGGBTPod. We are on Facebook at FGGBT website as also www.FGGBT.com. But you can get in touch with us individually. Dennett, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on most of the major social media as at Den and Michael. You just switched my name. Though I've started a new Instagram at Physics of X as well for my other endeavor, which is on the web as Physics of X, mostly on YouTube, which I was on long enough ago. My YouTube channel is Michael Denon, just to confuse you. Um, but of course, my Facebook is so special that I have a prof in it. So it's at Prof Denon Michael. I don't think I have quite as many different handles as you, Dan, but you do now have to remember three. Denon Michael, Michael Denon, and Prof Denon Michael. Well, it's very confusing. And, you know, just like you said, we want consistency. We don't want champagne. We want wine. And there's one man who I know is consistent, social media. Ben, where can people find you? You can find me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. How do you spell that? 
Spell that B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And as you mentioned, Denon, I can be found on X, formerly Twitter, at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram, at the Daniel J. Glenn, on Facebook, at Analytical Mastermind, and I have a website as well, DanielJGlenn.com. That is where you find me, and I think I have four, and that beats you, Denon, who only has three. <laughs> yep. You totally win. And Dan, if people are listening to this show on their favorite podcast platform, they need to remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode and you help us out getting noticed on the YouTube algorithm. And finally, this show contains powerful information that can be misused by those hell-bent on world domination that may not just be limited to the world. It could be all of time itself. So remember, you want to take this information and do good with it. Always be a superhero, never a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, ftriplegbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust. That's all right there ftriplegbt.com. And before you leave, don't forget to check out our other episodes. You can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got, and you'll notice that we've got both a YouTube version and an audio-only version, depending on what you like. We got it for you, and if you do like those videos, you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well. We're on youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And once again, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to DanielJGlenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.